0: Live from Washington, D.C., this is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell. And hello out there in radio land. It is time for the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics live from Studio A in Podcast Village in Upper Georgetown, Washington, D.C. Joining me as I do every Tuesday here in the studio with me, he is the former Undersecretary of Commerce for International Trade, the one we know as the Honorable Alan Moore. Hello, Alan. Hey, Justin. And from Boca Del Vista Retirement Resort in Florida, he is the retired one-star admiral from your United States Navy. He is Admiral Ken Carradine. Hi, hey, Admiral. How are things down there on the Sunshine State? I got out
1: of the food line just to come talk to
0: you. Nice, nice. Uh, we have got, oh, and of course, uh, behind the glass, the one who keeps us honest us all the time, Rob the Engineer. And, of course, Audrey Howerton, our producer, somewhere at an undisclosed spot location in upstate New York. Uh, in case you've missed it, it is day 32. We have now entered into the second month of of the government shutdown. It is a situation of uh, it's becoming now a critical mass issue. We are seeing food lines uh, for the first time. I mean, reminiscent of the soup kitchens of the 1930s. We are seeing uh, we're seeing government employees literally taking handouts from Uh, food banks from charitable organizations because they have not been paid in four weeks. They are about to go on to their next missed paycheck, which is supposed to be issued on Wednesday, and more than likely that will not happen. Uh, The president over the weekend gave a proposal at kind of an awkward Speech giving from the diplomatic reception room in the White House, he laid out his proposal, which include protection for DACA for three years, which include protection for temporary protected status uh, migrants in the country, as long as he got his $5.7 billion for the wall. Largely panned by Democrats, some moderate Republicans and moderate Democrats were saying, hey, at least it's a starting point. We can negotiate. That was until. Today, uh, today, the Supreme Court refused to hear a case that brought up a lower appellate court's decision to force the Trump administration to renew current DACA or Dreamer applicants, and that is a two-year uh, that is a two-year deferment of deportation action. Uh, what are you cringing on now, Alan? Yeah,
2: I don't think it works quite like that. What, what do you mean? What, 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 my understanding of what the court did today was nothing. They filled their docket for the year with, a, of all things, a Second Amendment case. They did not act on this appeal of a Ninth Circuit decision relating to DACA. It seems unlikely, therefore, that they will, but they didn't affirmatively do anything they no, but by not taking nothing. action, it was well, like a pocket veto. They, they have well they they have a they have a full docket, but but some of the some of the the commentary I've seen is that 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 at least it postpones for some months and maybe longer. But to say it's a two year thing, I think exaggerates well, what, it, what 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 actually occurred well, well, today.
0: It, so the, inter- the, the the way I know it, and I and knowing the. The Dreamer and DACA program is what the court did by not taking action or refusing to put it on the docket and hear the case. Is they basically said, "Look, we're not going to take action." The Ninth, the Ninth Circuit's ruling stands, which says that the pre, the administration has to continue to renew DACA, current DACA uh, program. Migrants in the program. So, if you are, if you are coming up, if you have to renew, your renewal date is in uh, February. You come up on February first. You have to renew. Had the Supreme Court overturned the Ninth Circuit, it would have wiped out DACA. The way the program is now is since they, the the Ninth Circuit kept that program alive. Now, if you apply in February and you are approved, which is usually supposedly a 30 or 45 day, which is going to take longer because of uh government shutdown, the people that are being furloughed are the people that are supposed to review this stuff. But if you apply with DACA and you are, you are approved from the time that you apply till the time that it... Yeah, uh, or for the time that you apply, you are still covered under DACA. Once it's approved, it starts a two-year clock before the government can take action or you can seek uh, permanent status here in the United States. Is the way is the way it works.
2: So, so, if if the court had decided it would take up this case, this case was decided just in a, just on a kind of a hurry up basis by a three judge panel in the Ninth Circuit. And one of the options before that court is to, to put it before the entire uh, Ninth Circuit. But the administration was trying to move it more quickly to the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court did nothing. Now, that means it's still in the Ninth Circuit. I don't know whether it's going to go to the full Ninth Circuit or not, but even if the Supreme Court had said, we're going to put this on our docket and we're going to consider it, we wouldn't have had a decision like until until right. months from now. So. It wasn't what the the administration was hoping that it was it would be reinforced or affirmed in its ability to stop DACA. It didn't get that. It didn't get anything at this particular moment. I
0: want to I want to circle back around to that real quickly, um, uh, because that's going to that's going to tie into our discussion of, you know, where do we go? You know, you asked the question last time, uh, Alan, what's the end game? And that question is becoming more and more foggy. Admiral Ken, uh you know, as we enter into the 32nd, or we're in the 32nd day, we're entering into the second month of this government shutdown. Uh, what are you seeing outside of Washington, D.C., as far as the effects and, and the the troubles that people are experiencing outside the Beltway?
1: Not much really um no no really and and i think that's part of the problem i think that um in in in, in portions of the country um uh, that have a high level of federal employees there's probably more impact i'm on the east coast of florida um about uh, half, uh, half 45 minutes north of fort lauderdale on the coast and there's just not a lot of government up here now as you get further north up to near patrick air force base in Cocoa Beach. I suspect that the impact is probably felt a lot, uh, a lot more so. Uh, uh, accordingly, I'm thinking over uh, in Tampa near uh, McDill Air Force Base, where you've got a lot of government personnel but, and, and correspondingly, government contractors. I'm sure that there's an impact. Yeah, but but um,
0: DOD's getting paid, Admiral Ken. Yeah, oh, yeah, but, yeah,
1: but yeah, but 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 DOD's getting paid, but not all of the agencies that are around MacDill are all DOD. There's a lot of, you know, so one of the things that we that we've done. Uh, and I think very smartly over the last 20 years is that we've put a lot of other organizations on military bases right there in Fort Belvoir, for instance, National Geospatial Intelligence Agency, not DOD, but on the Fort Belvoir campus. Right. So there's a lot of there's a lot of agencies now that have taken up space in those areas. I, I tell you what, though, the thing that I found interesting were uh, in my travels from D.C. back here last week uh, were the attitudes of the TSA workers uh to a person professional courteous and, and i made a point of you know everyone that i passed thanking them for coming to work today because they're not getting paid yeah. and they're making sure that we're being safe and i right. urge uh, i urge our other listeners our listeners you know it, you know to to do that as well but yeah here right here in this little pocket of the world yeah not much impact at all and that's yeah.
0: unfortunate yeah alan Moore, you you we fail to realize, like, for example, when you go out west towards places like Montana, North Dakota, Wyoming, the, I mean, the federal government in some towns is the only big employer there in town. The, when we talk about this now having an impact on our gross national product, why should everybody be concerned about that?
2: Well, again, these are these are massive national economic uh, imp- impacts that aren't felt automatically, necessarily, directly by individuals. The aggregate is is highly significant, um, but if it doesn't touch you or your family or people near or around you, it's it's largely invisible. And if 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 it means that instead of having let's say three percent. Um, GDP growth over the course of the year, which would be a a, a good solid number. We had two point five percent, and people after the fact, looking at it, said that they could attribute it to the shutdown. Um, people would still there'd be this tendency to go, oh ho hum. Did I do I still have my job? Did I did I get a raise? Now what 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 Ken talks about, of course, and when you do too, we all have, um, uh, is actual impact on individual lives. 800,000 people are currently not getting a paycheck. About 500,000 are actually working not getting a paycheck. Let's acknowledge there's an extremely high level of confidence or probability that they will eventually get paid. In fact, a law has been passed and signed by the president that actual federal government employees will in fact at the time this stupid thing gets resolved be made whole there are some creditors some credit unions some banks that are extending credit on very favorable terms to these people but that means that not only is there this uncertainty there's no money flowing in Maybe they can borrow. Why should they have to borrow? Why should that be uh, this this extra burden on those people? And then, of course, there are the hundreds of thousands of private contractors. Right. That's where I wanted to go with it. These aren't all fancy consultants pulling down big money. There's a lot of federal buildings that are cleaned at night right. by small companies. And by
0: the way, there's who, no guarantee that they'll ever be able to recover That money, in most cases,
2: they won't. Oh, almost! It it would be extremely hard for them to get that money. They're not covered by any of these other protections. They're private companies under contract with a federal agency to come in at 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 night and clean, and it's their job. They don't just have. They don't have any kind of fallback. They they don't get...
0: But it's not just that, though. I mean, you're talking about people that are essential to processing documents. You know, these contractors are literally integrated into the operational fabric of all of these agencies that are on furlough. It's just that the GS employees will get their money back. A lot of these people won't, and a lot of these people won't be able to recover. And then on top of that, Admiral Ken, that's not to talk about—I we, we, was just talking uh, our, our our hosts, uh, Charlie and Oscar, here earlier in the studio before the show. We don't talk about—and not enough coverage has been given the fact that there are literally small businesses that are taking hits that are literally—I know one or two that are going to have to shut their doors and put people out on the unemployment line. We don't talk about that impact and that ripple effect that goes to. I know one contractor down in your part of the woods that's going through some really tough times because they can't bill, and they have been at a zero profit, zero loss for the past year and a half.
1: Well, and I think it's ironic that um, one you know a, a, you know the president you know touted himself as a small business president. And um, and I, I would say there have been a, a great deal of uh, small business owners that have basically given uh, the president some of his most avid uh, uh, and best reviews, such as they are. But these are the people, I think, that are being hurt the most by the shutdown. And, you know, we're, 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 we're on to the second month now. And the thing that I find sobering, and, 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 and I'm sure they do too, is the fact that neither side – Seems to be any closer to coming to resolution. I mean, I, I saw the president's offer on the table, you know, over the weekend, and when it got down that last bullet, five point seven billion for the wall, I went, "Yeah, this is going nowhere," and nowhere is where it went.
0: Speaking of that, Alan, did you see the president's speech on Saturday?
2: I saw excerpts from
0: it. it. I, I don't know, Admiral Ken, if you did or not. I, I watched it live. It was bizarre. It was absolutely bizarre. Uh, number one, the 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 DACA deal because the, the the two points that he offered as the starting point for negotiations was give me five point eight billion dollars for my wall, and I'll give you uh, temporary protected status. I'll extend that for three years, and oh by the way, I'll give you DACA for three years. Um. So, and the Supreme Court today just pretty much wiped out one-third of that deal. I mean, I mean, that that takes away his, his negotiating point.
2: What, yeah, I wouldn't get carried—I mean, I don't want to keep belaboring this, but everything I keep reading, the, a month from now, the Supreme Court may decide to take up that case. They didn't do anything. Today was the logical time for them to do it. They didn't do it. People expect them to do it if it's not this, not this year, term. this fall— it could be this term. Every month they meet and make announcements. Now their docket's pretty full. It's unlikely, not impossible. That's all. all right, I just, that's I just,
0: fair. I'll, I, I'll give you that part. I'll the, give you the, that the, part. I just don't want to get hung. True. Up. I don't want to get
2: hung up on that. But but, but it
0: does. But, I mean, this this the Supreme Court not taking this does take away some of the negotiating ability. Look, if you're going to roll dice, Nancy Pelosi can roll dice all day long. The, the gamble's it, to it, the president. It,
2: it, I think I think the 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 point the president was attempting to make here was, and the and the political positioning, all encouraged by Mitch McConnell, who has sort of, uh, w- once he was aware of how dug in the Democrats were and the president, he thought apparently maybe there's some other way. Maybe if the president shows some flexibility, offers something different, something in addition to the 5.7, maybe we can then have a, a negotiation, have a conversation the The Democrats, not surprisingly, and you can't you can't blame them here. They don't want to reward a tactic that involves a government shutdown by saying, "Wow, you gave us a shut you gave us a shutdown, and then we ended in a ne- negotiation, and we have all this collateral damage, all these innocent folks out there, some of whom we were just talking about, um, who who are just victims." And, and we don't want that to become the norm. We don't want government shutdowns now or later to be a norm to, to apply pressure to get a negotiation. Having said that, they're dug in. It wasn't. It wasn't the 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 DACA stuff. It's the principle that they don't want to violate, and the and the fact that the president said five point seven billion. I think it's pretty clear that if there is a if if and when we ever get to a real negotiation, that number will be flexible. Um, he's just not. Is it good. though? It, Absolutely, it, it, it is. Oh, I, uh, I don't know. Well, he, why? But but why should he negotiate with himself on the number? I think you know his instincts are. Have you met ride this with president? that number? No, no, no. People around him are saying, he. we talked about it in the past, Pence threw out a $2.5 billion number in a private meeting. The president cut his legs off later. Mulvaney said in a meeting with Pelosi and Schwab, it, uh, Schumer, it's, it's Schumer, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Pelosi and Schumer, um, uh, hey you know maybe we can find a middle ground and the president in 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 an expletive filled uh, comment towards Mulvaney said you you're effing this yeah. up but 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 it's it's a for the, for trump it's a matter a of his instinct and in thinking he knows how to do a, a negotiation get a deal and he's trying to protect himself from criticism from the base. we Which, don't, by the way, is a
0: base that is actively shrinking day it, by it, day.
2: It most assuredly is. I said a couple of weeks ago when the president said, you know, why should we worry about these government employees that are all Democrats anyway? And I said at the time, they didn't used to be, but they're moving they're rapidly moving that in way that now. direction.
0: Admiral Ken, you know, the, the, the strange things that I found about the president's pitch to America on Saturday— I want to know who's creating – I want to know who's writing these speeches because I will tell you right now, here are two facts I'm going to give. I'm going to to give you two two figures that were put out by the president. Number one, mothers in the caravan are giving their daughters birth control because they know they're going to be raped en route to the American border. That's number one. Yeah. Number two – um, the wall will stop half of all drug imports into the United States. Which okay. one of those? Which one of those are not part of his speech this weekend?
1: Which one of those are not part of his speech? Which this one? Weekend? Which? Or I'm
0: sorry. Which one did he say was part of the speech?
1: He said both of those. He did. This week. That's yeah, right. Yeah, a true both question. Those, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was. I watched. Yeah, and and, and the thing the thing that I, I find I find Troubling. Um, one, I too would like to know where he where he thinks he's getting this information, but I, I think we all know where 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 it comes from, and it's it's a three letter word that starts with F and ends with X. Um, uh, two, um, there are still more than a few people, and I I speak to them on a regular basis who believe this stuff.
0: And, that and, that and mothers in the caravan are giving absolutely, their absolutely,
1: absolutely. So
0: what absolutely. you're telling me is what you're telling and, and, me is,
1: and, 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 and you know, and what and what's scary, and what's scary is even when I even when I take my my magical my magical Google machine, right? You know, and I go out to a Department of Homeland Security website, right? And I show them where the drug trafficking uh, came uh, uh, was was coming from in 20, 2017 and twenty eighteen. Uh, I get two words back at me: oh, uh, fake news or deep state. Right. So, right. so you know, you know, there, there, you, you, in the words of the great Ron White, you can't fix stupid. You just yeah. can't.
0: But, but the thing about it is, Alan, you have been around migrants. You've been around refugees uh, for a good chunk of your adult life. You've been involved in those programs of late. Can you ever imagine a time? And and I'm also going off my experience of dealing with migrant interdiction myself. Have you ever experienced a mother giving their daughter birth control pills because they were afraid that they were going to be raped? Because my take is they can't afford birth control pills. They're not going on a 2,000-mile... Where are they getting them? Exactly. Where are they affording them?
2: Hang on, hang on, hang on. What the president said is absolute complete nonsense but be careful but people are but, buying this. No, no 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 so so when he says mothers and the caravan and so on they're are, getting are, raped are, with are doing, blue tape no 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 let me let me let me say that people on the move people in so-called safe refugee camps in all, all different parts of the world. People who are separated from the men in their lives, separated from their homes in a transient situation, are more vulnerable to sexual assault and sexual abuse than than they than they would be at home typically. Right. There's truth to that. And there are people who try to provide some level of protection to that. Are there is it conceivable that there are some Some nonprofits who are down there trying to help deal with situations and provide birth control pills, condoms, female condoms. Absolutely, it's possible. I haven't heard about them. I can't say that. Why are we
1: positioning this, Alan?
2: What? Why Why, am I why
1: Why are we even positioning this as a possibility? Yeah, the, I mean because can
2: the question we, was we, the the question that I got from Justin was in my experience with refugees does any of this make any sense and I said what the president said was nonsense but what is demonstrated fact over, over go go back to World War 1 World War 2 people on the move women I, and children I see on what he's the saying. move I see what you're are more vulnerable and now all over the world there are there are a variety of ways that people can pr- provide uh, well, some level of protection that doesn't mean that doesn't lead you to to saying that what the president said is true because um, it's not it's not, it's it, not there's, true. there's if it were they're true they're not going they, these mothers true, are not would, going to see know more about it but but and and women who, who are fleeing from violence are not purposefully, consciously choosing to take their right. daughters but, into but, violence. But, but, but
0: again, it, 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 people are buying this. When the president goes on national television at 4 p.m. on a Saturday and says, I've got to propose. And by the way, my
2: wall will stop 50 percent of the illegal drugs. That is categorically false. Balls. No, as Ken was talking, that there, all the evidence of where the drugs come in is that it comes in through regular borders and on ships. Um, it doesn't come under the wall, over the wall, under the barrier, Between around the, the slats. barrier, on people's backs. Um, Stephen King's uh, hundred and thirty-five pound uh, guys hauling backpacks in, or or, 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 or clowns stuff. in the sewers that are pushing it up through slats. Is 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 there some that comes across? Right. Yeah, if you have a thirty-foot wall everywhere, it's still gonna <laughs> some still gonna <laughs> come. We'll talk about that. Yeah. All, right. All right, Hold on, on hold on. On did you, drones. Did you, happen, on,
1: did you happen to see the story over the weekend about the drug dealers tunneling underneath an existing
0: wall? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna yeah. talk about that. Those we're, those gonna were, talk, like, dogs, we're gonna talk. Talk under. about that. I'm getting angry looks from Rob the Engineer, uh, and I don't want to take him off. So, we're going to take a break. We'll continue this discussion on the best political talk show you've never heard of. It is Backroom Politics from Podcast Village in Washington, D.C. We'll be back.
3: When I think of him, how much I love him, I got a desperate notion. That's the way I feel today. My heart. Because he's making a plaything of my devotion. That's the way I feel today. Without any reason or a word to say, that man turned his keys in and he packed and went away. What good is living? I'll soon be giving my body up to the ocean. That's the way I feel today. Because he's making a plaything of my devotion That's the way I feel you today Without any reason or a word to say That man turned his keys in and He packed and went away What good is living i soon be giving my body up to the ocean That's the way I feel you today I said, that's the way I feel
0: Live from Washington D.C. This is Backroom Politics with moderator Justin Russell, and we're back for the best political talk show you've never heard of. Live from Podcastville, live-ish. We're here in Podcast Village Studio A eh? in Upper Georgetown, Washington D.C. Uh, we're talking about the government shutdown and continuing the discussion. Uh, the the president put a proposal out there during a very odd speech where he said that uh, mothers are giving their daughters birth control pills before making this two thousand mile hike to the American border, and also he said that by building uh, by building a wall will cut. Illegal drug imports by half, both of which are categorically not only untrue, but just idiotic for a commander in chief to say. The, the bottom line here, though, is let's look at the positioning that's happened since then. Uh, Alan Moore, does the president have today any angle? to maneuver in getting a deal done on this or does Nancy Pelosi in fact hold
2: all the cards well she she doesn't hold all the cards he he's got very little leverage the the problem is that as as the days pass the public most is tends to uh, to give most of the blame to the president and republicans fair enough But it's not as though the Democrats get off scot-free. All of Washington, all of official Washington, both parties in the Congress look bad. And 800,000 people are are obviously directly, as we know, visibly affected. And then another group— of that size, um, private contractors, and then this impact on uh, the GDP and the daily stories about insensitivity, uncaring, about how the president has not a clue what these common people who live paycheck to paycheck are are struggling with and dealing with. Um, But the Democrats are not providing a sense of compassionate urgency either. I'm not saying they should simply cave, but they have chosen to ride their horse and getting some affirmation from from the the at least the left hand side or more of their own party, just as the Republicans are getting reinforcement from the the right side, middle and right side of their party. And we're it's almost like well what would f- cause the groups to come together some kind of disaster, and you hate to think about that. Something that gets through TSA, an airport or two or three that gets shut down. Or something that gets um, through a port of entry, or something that, that gets into one of our ports. Some, you know, or, or air yeah. traffic controllers uh, uh, coming up short and some accident occurring. I mean, I hate to think that it would take some disaster involving human life to cause people to say, Let's get in a room, because they've gotten it, it in would a room not be, a couple it, times. But
0: here's the problem is, it would not be the first time that that was the catalyst of getting people in the room. That's the problem. Admiral Ken, you know, I heard something interesting today uh, on a couple of the talking head shows oh. from two national security um, pundits that I actually give a lot of credibility to. And this is the thought process. The longer... It, Because, again, we're talking about a government shutdown that is literally attacking the border security forces that Trump is trying to get this wall to help. This shutdown is hurting them more than anybody. And I'm talking Border Patrol, Customs and Border Protection, uh, TSA, Coast Guard, uh, U.S. Marshal Service, FBI, ATF. Uh, marshal service, etc. These are all front line tip of the spear defending our country and national security assets. These two pundits today brought up the idea that the longer they go unpaid the bigger the national security risk is because if you are threatened with the idea of losing your house these people become possibly vulnerable to being co-opted, being turned. Do you agree with that? Yeah, I do. Is that is that a reality?
1: So I, I think I, I, I think that there's two there's two reasons you know that somebody might go down that route. Um, one is just plain greed, um, and we saw you know uh, I can't remember the uh, the FBI agent uh, that uh, that that got turned by the bad guy. Oh, you're talking about
0: Hanson. Yeah, yeah, Hanson. Uh, yeah.
1: Okay. So you know that's a situation where you got greed, and then you know you've got the other side of it where you know I, I am hearing stories that people are lining up checks uh, or p- bills on the table. Are we going to pay the mortgage or are we going to buy food? It's not it's not we're not gonna, we're we're going to pay the mortgage and buy food. It's are we going to do one or the other? Right. Um. And, and in in situations when you put when you put good. Honest people in desperate situations, sometimes they don't act as honorably as you would like them to do. And and what's unfortunate about that is, uh, if they do act dishonorably or illegally, they're going to get punished by the same government that that they that they that they're working for. Well, and could could
0: possibly kill Americans. That's the thing. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to get. I I agree with that. Yeah, and I I don't want to get into you know tabloid. Uh, politics, because there's enough people in this town that do that. But looking at it from a practical standpoint, Alan Moore, uh, you know, people are going to do, they're going to take care of their family. If it's a matter of, look, if I've got to keep a roof over my head or keep medicine to keep my child alive, those are some tough decision points that we're putting People that have sworn to protect this country in a really awkward spot—we're not protecting them.
2: No, we're not, and it—it and, and is just so fundamentally um, wrong, vile, and evil to put these kind of burdens on so many people who are just going about their business, trying to keep their their head above water for themselves or their families, and. And there's there's no from the top from the president who who started this thing and, and 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 patted himself on the back of being proud to be the guy to shut down the government over border over over border security, which he came to belatedly after he was ridiculed and taunted by a few conservative spokespeople on the radio and television and that's what caused it that's the root of this that is what is so frightening that this Uh, that this principle that's now so critically important to him Alan is it fair to say
0: that Rush Limbaugh and Ann Coulter and Sean Hannity are literally convincing the president to take actions that are putting Americans' lives in danger. Well it's that is that, it, is that it, I mean am I am, well, is it, that sensationalizing? No,
2: it, what it's what it looks like. Now obviously he's got a there's a few people around him who are probably saying, Yeah. But there are a lot of other people around him who are saying, No, 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 no. And he's following his gut that he trusts so much. And so, you know, I don't know how many different voices. Maybe it's those three, maybe it's one of those. But there's probably more like more like six, eight, or ten people. But then he makes the decision. And then if you work for him and in that operation you have to decide, okay. do I, what do I do? Do right. I, do I stay here and try to find a path forward or have some influence or keep my head down and do my job? Or do I walk out uh, as a matter of principle? I, it, it, it's, it's just a horrible situation.
0: It is. It is. Admiral Ken, you know, I was talking to uh, a friend of mine who's a senior player in the, uh, in the administration, a senior person at the White House. And you know what's funny is, He described to me a situation of why America should, it's not really want the wall, but it shouldn't be as big a deal as everybody's making it, particularly the Democrats. He put it to me in this aspect. He said he told his young child, uh, because his young child asked him, hey, why do we need the wall? And the way he explained it to him is he said, okay, when we get visitors to our house, how do they come? Well, they come through the front door. Is our front door locked? Yes. What happens? Well, they have to identify themselves and then we go unlock the door and we let them in, okay? What happens if they come through the backyard? They, climb, they, they come into our backyard and they trying to get into our back door? Well, we call the police. Why? Because that's not the way you're supposed to go to somebody's house. And the more he got into, and he he went into a deep dive on this analogy, and the more I think about it is, the problem I have is, had the president taken that approach, had the president just said, look, it's like just, it's front door visitor politics. We have to protect – if he had said that, do you think more Americans would have at least swallowed the wall pill if he had put it Um, in those terms as opposed to we're going to build a wall and Mexico's going to pay for it?
1: Yeah, I think that um, backing up from that, I think had he not started out his his campaign with um, uh, race baiting, uh, i.e. calling all Mexicans drug dealers and rapists, uh, except for some of them who are you sure are not, are nice people uh, I think had he not started out his campaign with the, with that rhetoric and he had basically approached it with a more rational approach uh, like the one you outlined I think perhaps because unfortunately as you have pointed out so many times uh, on the air in the, the time that I've been with you we have an uneducated and uh, an uh, and illiterate uh, electorate uh, that, that is not engaged. And the, 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 the downside of this is this. Do we need border security? Absolutely. And I think your, your friend's um, uh, discussion with his child, you know, is profound. But I think the point that, that I would like to make here is that is an overly simplistic uh, approach to it. Everybody on this call knows that the key is physical barriers, sensors and most importantly, boots on the ground. And that's not just my, my opinion. That's the opinion of the professionals that you and I, Justin, both know that are in this business. Physical security, combination of physical security, electronic sensors, be they on the ground or airborne, and most importantly, boots on the ground. And you know we can put a whole lot more boots on the ground with $5.7 billion than we can put in meaningful physical security yeah. and I think and I think and quite frankly the two things before you before you go on number one um, um, when when we were talking about the possibility of this shutdown back in, in December, I told you that this was going to happen and the reason I knew it was going to happen is because President Trump and most of the guys on his team have lived lives like a lot of my neighbors down here in Palm City where a government shutdown does not affect them. No big deal. So what? Move on. And they have this assumption that only people that are coming to government are people, one, who don't really have real jobs or two making and or, two, making too much money. Finally, um, Alan hit the nail right on the head. Nancy Pelosi cannot fold. She cannot fold on this. If she folds on this, she is as useless politically as the president is if he folds on this. That's the way it works. And in the middle are 800,000 fellow Americans who are going to have to suck it up And I don't say that lightly because their leadership can't get their act together.
0: Okay, so we've got Trump can't fold, Pelosi can't fold. We've got a Polish pistol duel going on right now, Alan.
2: Well, yeah, I mean, I... (laughs)
0: Not to offend our Polish friends because I know I want to get texts about Polish pistol duel.
2: Good God. Um, uh, It's... In, in in the president's latest move, he's they're trying to modify trying to create a political argument, if you will, that hey, we're trying to put something forward and the Democrats are simply saying no to everything. Okay, fine. maybe maybe that's an interesting talking point, but it it's also transparently political. Um, and and uh, it, at some point, The president's got to bring forward more or the Democrats have to say, we're not going to do it this way. We're not going to do it that way. But we would consider doing it this third way. I don't see any movement in that direction at the moment, which is why I continue to worry that there's going to be some incident. You know, we talk about something at airports, uh, something gets onto a plane, something with air traffic control. But we could also have an incident I hate to keep. I hate to throw this stuff out there, but when you have desperate human beings who can't pay for their child's medicine, let's say to be particularly dramatic, and I'm not saying there's thousands and thousands of those cases, you only need one. You only need one or two or three uh, insensitive bosses to tell their people they got to come in because if they don't, their back pay and their future pay would be at risk, and somebody goes off. And some horrible incident occurs in the workplace. There are things that can happen, and if one can tie it to this government shutdown and the the horrible pressure unfairly put on innocent people, it it may take some horrible thing. I hope it doesn't, but but I'm not seeing, you know, any well, why should it any room. And, and we're going to talk it about this in the second. It shouldn't. I but but. But you know the the Republicans aren't aren't in a position to to take a different they've you know their choice is we're not going to go a different path from the president. The president's dug in now and so but insensitive he, he, let me, let me that he thinks real quick, this Alan. is a good place. Let to me be. interrupt
0: because John Tester last week I thought put it uh, put a, a beautiful bow on it. He said, why do Republicans in the Senate and why do Republicans in Congress in general have to seek permission from the president? We are co-equal branches of government. There is no reason why uh, Mitch McConnell... And the rest of the Republican delegation in the Senate have to get permission slips from the White House to take action.
2: Well, yeah, th- th- that's that, I mean, th- that. that's, th- that's s- an accurate. Spoke, spoken like a true Democrat. But wait, um, no, no, is no he, th- that's, that's what that's I'm saying. It's not a permission though. slip. It's, it's like if you know that if you know the president is going to veto something and you know you don't have the 67 votes to override a president because you talk to your people all the time. You know what they're saying. You know what they're thinking. You know what they're doing. Then then you decide you're not, if you're Mitch McConnell, you're not going to put your people in that position in a losing enterprise that's likely to trigger a bunch of anger by Republican-based voters and a president who's more likely to attack his own party than he is to to attack the Democrats. So it—, it, it they're in a horrendous situation, but okay, they wanted to be elected so to wait the Senate. Da- wait. Da- they- so wait, damned if you do, damned if you don't is
0: not a way to govern, and that's basically the you know the mantra now floating through the Republicans in the Senate. Nobody wants to. Nobody wants to be the vic. Nobody wants to be on the receiving end of a presidential tweet storm. Nobody wants to tick off a base that is, by the way, rapidly de- descending. Into almost, you know, low twenties. Well, why, it's, it why? hasn't
2: descended that far. I mean, it it hovers in, in the thirties,
0: and it's not in the
2: twenties. It, it's not in the low twenties. It's still it's still in that middle thirty range. Don't ask me why. I haven't been part of it, but but these guys are. One thing they do know is is their electorate, their base. I mean, I was reading recently a story about. About Lindsey Graham, around whom we've talked at different times, and people, the Democrats love him when he's trashing the president, then hate him when he doesn't, um, and and uh, uh, and and none of them vote for him anyway. But the people who vote for him, um, back during when he was running for president and before that, before the he started being a, a subject to ridicule by the president, and then got out of the race. Right. Um, he his his. Popularity in, uh, South in South Carolina was in the mid 60s. Where is it now? And then after the campaign, and after he went uh, negative on the president, was highly critical. It was in the mid 30s. Where is it now? He lost 30 percent of his support. I don't know where it is now. It's not in the mid 30s. It's certainly back up because he's shown that he can. He'll he'll work with the guy. He's Taken this Which path, we're,
0: we're getting into a subject that we're going to talk about in our second show this week: uh, leadership in Congress and pettiness in Congress. We're going to talk about that, but, but Admiral Ken, we're basically looking at, uh, you know, I, I, I actually I don't even know how to describe what we're seeing in Republicans in Congress. They are a co equal branch. Either get your social media skills honed in to go after Trump when he comes after you, get some of your staff to get smart on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram, or, you know, hide in a corner and get a permission slip for Trump to take legislative action. Because that I is was the impression middle, that we're getting.
1: When I was in middle school, I was usually the smallest kid in the neighborhood. Uh, by still? about about fifteen or twenty pounds. No, not so much. <laughs> I've grown up now, so i'm i'm the i'm I'm the bigger kid in the neighborhood now and and i i I used to get bullied you know from time to time and um and I could tell you some stories, you know but but what ultimately ended up was you know, you know dad you know basically took me out in the backyard and showed me how to not get treated by a bully. I'm starting to think that most of the Republicans that are sitting in congressional and Senate seats uh, down the down the street from you guys have never had the anti-bully uh, training because that's what they've got. They're afraid of him coming, get, getting on the on this Twitter machine, there and, and saying bad things about him. They're afraid of him basically getting into a, uh, a same kind of verbal confrontation that he got into with uh, Jim Acosta from CNN some number of weeks ago. They're afraid. They're afraid of him. And and so when when you basically give give in to the bully, the bully knows that you don't. He doesn't have to worry about uh, about you raising your voice or in, in, in the, my situation your fist, to uh, to protest. You know what I would hope is that um, that some some of pe- some people that I've, I have kind of looked up to over the years, like Lindsey Graham, would start showing some backbone. Paul Ryan, you know, just completely folded, and I, I lost all, all all respect for him, and uh, because he gave in, he gave up, uh, and he he succumbed to the to the bully's pre- pressure, and I think that's what's going on here. I really do. I think I think what you're seeing here is basically cowardice and gutlessness.
0: Yeah.
2: And all what right. are you guys seeing on the Democratic side? Are you seeing leadership, courage, well, we're we're talking, we're going, talk,
0: we're going to talk about that. We got a whole uh, second. You know what? Alan, hold on, I, hold, Alan, on. hold on, Ken, I, I, please, please. What? Real please. quickly, because you're taking Alan, time. Alan,
1: I, I'm a Republican. I, I've been a Republican um, my entire uh, voting life. I will never tell Democrats how to be better Democrats. Right. Nor nor will I sit down. And listen to Dan or anybody else tell me how to be a better
0: Republican. All right. We're we're talking about a subject that we're going to get into in depth.
2: I thought you had left the party.
0: Oh, Jesus Christ. Can we talk about this in the second show, please? The two of you are like, God, like two pandas with a football. Anyway, uh, that being the case, number one, Alan, we've got uh, five minutes left in the show. Let's talk about a possible endgame. Mitch McConnell has talked about. Him putting a vote of some sort on the floor of the Senate this week with the president's proposal, we still are not thoroughly convinced. We're not going to know what it looks like. Uh, any chances passes?
2: Well, it, so so, what it needs is sixty votes.
0: Is are they going to get? Which means it, that they got to get seven Democrats over to the other correct, side.
2: Correct, and and there's no evidence that that seven will come. Joe Manchin from West Virginia has said he's willing to take a look at it, um, and and that's just, that, that's the best they've got on the Democratic side. There are others who are looking for a path here. There's a there's a host of Democrats who would love to come up with something, um, and and but but the 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 president has so tightly circumscribed uh, the the ground rules that at this phase what i think will happen is that mcconnell will bring something forward it'll probably hold all the the republicans maybe maybe get mansion maybe get a few more i don't see it getting 60 even if it gets 60 which would be significant and and would be worthy of note etc we'll i don't see the house um. Uh. Supporting it, but it, we may have to. In the in the House this week is going through passing a bunch of individual appropriations bills to fund all these agencies through the end of the fiscal year, except the one September that's 30th, that, critical that, that that aren't that aren't affected by the uh by border security. So right. they, they would leave Homeland Security probably give it a few weeks. This is something we talked about. Weeks ago, get this other stuff out of the way. Get get all all of these innocent parties. The president's not going to do that. They had that offer before. No, 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 no. I'm just saying, the it's not that the president's going to do it. That's what the House says they're going to do this week, and the Senate's going to try to pass this latest deal. Then we'll have two bills that have a majority, but no way to. But but the one didn't pass the Senate. They won't connect. At which point, I don't know. Maybe that will cause people to say too much collateral damage. Let's find another path.
0: Admiral Ken is—is is this an end game? Do you think? I mean, could we see this end this week, or are we looking at another month of government shutdown?
1: I I I want to be optimistic because as we. As you've already said, there's you know there's 800,000 or more of our federal fellow fellow citizens, and I, I suspect that number is probably bigger than I feel in the second and third order effects of the shutdown. Um, I, I want to see them go back to work and, and, and start you know start not having to worry about just putting food on the table for their families. Um, but you know my my the, the, the little voice in the back of my head that has screamed at me a million times over my life. Uh, is is yelling really loud right now? I I don't see this getting cleared up this week. I just don't.
0: That's I and mean, that's the, the fact that we're talking about a government shutdown at 32 days should bother a lot of Americans. It well, should bother and, a lot of Americans.
2: And 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 the way to measure that is this week it'll be the second missed paycheck. So. Well,
0: and and the first time that we've done 30 days. Yeah, without paying a border security Do force. For us. This is just stupid. This is just stupid. Uh, wow, good timing, Rob. I got to tell you something. Are we, coming, are we Are we becoming in sync? I mean, is it? Is, are we becoming universal between the glass here now, Rob? Morning, I, not answering. Oh, that's hurting. Oh, you didn't catch my. I, I was shooting it to you with my. Uh, with oh, my brain. I know. Oh, apparently, we're not connected. There's yet. some
2: work left to be done. <laughs> Stay tuned to the next show. <laughs>
0: We will be back uh, soon with our second show. Uh, on behalf of Admiral Ken down there at del Vista, uh, Alan Moore here in studio with me, Rob the Engineer behind the glass keeping us honest. Uh, special thanks to Charlie and Oscar here at back at uh, Podcast Village. You can follow us on Twitter, at Backroom Politics. You can also find us on Facebook, Facebook.com slash Politics Radio. Uh, BackgroundPolitics.org is our website where you can get all the historical uh, episodes of Background Politics and all kinds of cool stuff after that. I am Harrison Monterey and Justin Russell. We'll see you next show. Have a great week. Bye-bye.